you know, compared to, you know, the Quran, which there's no comparison, but just something that is just one book and so shallow in comparison, you know, the great thing about the Word of God is that the inspiration behind it and the power that's behind it, and uh, I am so thankful that even Rob and even me, me and Brother Tony, can read it and get something out of it every single time that the book is opened. It can be something as simple as Romans 3.23 or John 3.16, Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, uh, John 1.1, 1, 1, 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. It can be as simple as these verses. And you can teach it to a little child, but yet you can get theology from it and teach the smartest man on the planet. That is wonderful. That's a living book inspired by the creator of the universe. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 12. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 12. Oh, if I had the wisdom to tell you that before I started rambling on, that would have been a blessing. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 12. Amen. I enjoyed this study this week. I really did. And it's not just because I was had the whole kitchen table to myself. But I've really enjoyed this study, and I hope that God will bless it. Amen. St. Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, speaking of Paul, he wrote this letter to Timothy. He says, But continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned of them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto what? Salvation, Salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So what do the scriptures do for us? Makes us wise in the salvation. With that in mind, go over to uh, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12 will be our main text this morning. We'll jump around a little bit. Paul told Timothy that the scriptures were able to make him wise unto salvation. It's wonderful. I'm glad the scriptures can make us wise to anything. Amen. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that be what? Wise. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. We're going to see this morning that there's a clear correlation between those who are made wise in the salvation. And looking deeper into the text that there's going to be an eternal brightness of the stars in heaven. And it's a good study. Amen. Let's open in a word of prayer. Dear God, I pray that you would use this message in spite of the speaker. Please, God, Lord, not of myself, but all of you. I love you, Lord, and I love you. Uh, Lord, for allowing us to worship together. I thank you, God, for our church family and allowing me to be part of Hope Baptist Church. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will not just work in uh, the congregation this morning, but it will work through my heart uh, as well, Lord. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Revelation, and we went through them, it begins with, Seven letters of the seven churches, and I enjoyed that study for a while. I look forward to going back there again one day. But that's how Revelation starts with, 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 um, um, 
that's what I'm looking for. Uh, the, fir- the first few chapters, several chapters, are, are these, these seven letters to seven current churches at the time, present day. Beginning of Revelation was <clears throat> written for present day Christians, but with obviously timeless principles, right? I mean, without a doubt. Us old, dirty old Gentiles still, right, can learn from that. But so is the book of Daniel. The first part is written present day things. And when I say present day, I mean in the day in which it was written. And then, then the second part is futuristic prophecies. Pretty much down the middle as far as I can tell. It looks like the first six chapters were, were uh, in, in the day and age which which Daniel lived in the second last six were future prophecies. And, and the more you study Revelation, the more you learn about Daniel, the more you learn about the book of Daniel, the more you study Revelation. And it's, it, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Amen. Uh, I'm doing good to know Romans 3.23, John 3.16, and Romans 5.8 and uh, 13. Amen. But point number one this morning There's only one Michael. There's only one Michael. Look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. This will be our main text this morning. Uh, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. It says, And at that time shall Michael stand up. The great uh, prince which standeth for the children of my people, and there should be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. Well, there's a lot in that verse. We're not going to unpack that whole verse. Amen. But we read that verse to bring out this, this person named Michael. When he stands, that's when these things happen. Because when he stands, it says, at that time, thy people shall be delivered. And who's going to be delivered? Everyone that should be found written in the book. Well, the question right now is, who is Michael? Keep your place, please, in, in Daniel chapter 12. We'll be back here in a moment, but go to Jude chapter 9. <laughs> Jude 9. <laughs> I said chapter. Jude 9. Amen. Fundamental Baptist humor. <laughs> uh, who, who is Michael? That's what we're looking at this morning. Jude, verse 9, says, Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. We're not highlighting that verse concerning Moses' body. For some reason, and I, I, I don't get it, I do get it, it's because they were taught that, but I've heard preacher after preacher say that that Satan didn't know where the body of Moses was, and he, he was arguing to find out where it was. It never says that. You have to be told that to think that Satan didn't know where the body of Moses was. He, he did or didn't, but the text never says that. He was arguing over the body of Moses. I'm thinking he wanted it. That's just my own opinion. Doesn't mean he didn't know where it was, but I've heard whole messages on that. Why Satan didn't know where the body of Moses was. Anyways, let me get off that rabbit. But it says here clearly, Michael the archangel. 
You say, well, 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 Pastor Gunther, just because it said Michael will stand and, and then the people that are born again, the people that are written in the book are going to be delivered. Uh, you can't just assume they're the same Michael. Here's the thing. There's only one archangel ever mentioned in the Bible, and his name is Michael. You know, you can look outside of the inspired word of God in the book of Maccabees, talks about different archangels, but that's not the inspired word of God. Could there be more archangels in, in heaven? Absolutely. But the Bible only talks about Michael, the archangel. And the Bible is perfect within itself, so when it talks about the archangel, it's talking about Michael. When it's talking about Michael, it's talking about the archangel concerning the word of God. You say, well, what about Gabriel? Gabriel wasn't an archangel, isn't an archangel. Gabriel's uh, some sort of a messenger, apparently, uh, right? That's the, that's the angel that was used uh, uh, to give the message to Zacharias and Elizabeth, John the Baptist's parents, saying, hey, you're going to have a boy, you know? Uh, the same angel that was sent to tell Mary and Joseph about Hey, you're going to be pregnant. It's going to be the son of God, and it's amazing. That's wonderful. It's a Christmas story. That's Gabriel. Not an archangel. Michael's the only archangel mentioned in the, in the Bible. Angel, by the way, means messenger. We went over that when we, were, when we were in Revelation, going over the letters. Amen. In our English vocabulary, angel comes from the Greek word angelos of which in Hebrew is translated messenger. Amen. Amen. So turn to 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 16. We'll be back in Daniel in just a moment. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. You say, why are you jumping around? I'm just proving the text so we know exactly what Daniel chapter 12 is talking about, what event it's talking about specifically. Because it's not a question. There's some things we can debate about, and there's some things we can... Can, can, can we can wonder what this means? Does it mean this or does it mean that? But there's majority things in the Bible we can look at and say, no, but the Bible is clear in this teaching. This is what it is. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Who's the archangel? According to the scriptures, Michael. And with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, so the archangel is now at the scene at the rapture where the dead in Christ shall rise first. We know that's the rapture. I don't have to prove that text out very much. So here it is, Michael, the archangel. He's at the scene of the rapture. Now go back to Daniel chapter 12. Let's read that again. Let's read that again with scripture to back up. No, Michael is the archangel. Knowing that Michael is the one who's going to shout at the rapture. We might read this a little bit differently. And at that time, we know what time he's talking about. And at that time shall Michael stand up. The great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there should be a time of trouble. Such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at the same time thy people shall be delivered. Everyone that should be found written in the book. That's the rapture. The Michael Archangel is going to shout, amen. I wonder what it's going to sound like, amen. Look at verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. 
And they that be wise, look at that. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Wasn't that interesting? Who's they that be wise? Those who are born again. Look at verse 4. But thou, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Y'all, knowledge is increased more than it ever has. More than it ever has. Mm. It didn't say wisdom's increased. It didn't say good character was increased. Actually, as knowledge increases, it usually brings down wisdom, by and large. We sing the song, This Little Light of Mine. You know, we could back that up with Scripture. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Like, literally, as the stars forever and ever. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hey, I like those little kids' songs. Jesus Loves Me is a great song. Number one, there's only one Michael. That's the archangel. Number two out of three, there's only one you. There's only one me. Go to Titus chapter 2, verse 11. We live in a victimized society. We know this. Everyone thinks that their situation is different from everybody else's somehow. I mean, right, there's no temptation to take in you, but such as is common unto man. Everyone just thinks that their situation is different than everybody else's. Therefore, they can't serve God like they want to because it's different for them. I'm, uh, I hear this constantly. But the current worldview that we live in literally cultivates that point of view that we're, we're victims. I mean, millennials, particularly the, the, the younger generation. Oh, I, I'm, I, because society made me this way. And, well, mom and dad just pay all my bills. So I'm just used to that. And it's tempting to hide in our houses in times of trouble. And, and, and I'll vouch from the housetops, quarantine is biblical. Hey, there's a time to quarantine. I, I don't, I support that. There's a time for it. But God said that to Israel, to his people. But it's also an excuse that, people, that, that, that a Christian will use to say, well, you know what? Actually, actually two weeks ago, a, a, a gentleman at work, he, I invited him to church. He, literally, his excuse to not come to church was, now he's lost as a, dog in high weeds, but he, uh, his excuse for not coming to church was he has a niece that has an eating disorder in some other state. And like, he wants to eventually be able to see her sometimes and he doesn't want to, you know. But because of COVID, he can't come to church because he might get COVID even though he's had the shot and a couple boosters and like, my point is, it's like, we'll make an excuse for whatever we want to make an excuse for for whatever we want to make an excuse for. You want to go to church? You make a reason to go to church. You want to read your Bible every day? You will make a reason to read your Bible every day. 
There was a time, Miss Kathy, Brother John didn't read his Bible as much as he normally would because he was making an excuse. He was helping me out at the church long hours, you know. <laughs> but we do what we want to do. Amen. 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 Um, <laughs> we hear, we hear Ephesians. You guys turn to Titus two. We hear Ephesians two eight and nine so often, and we 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 preach that. I mean, right? For by grace are you saved through faith, right? Not of yourselves, the kids of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And we we push that hard because because salvation, the gospel message is the only message of religion if you want to call it that, that's not by works, period. The only one. So we stress that a lot, right? But here's the thing. And I think, I think that Christians, we fall into this. We fall into this. Like, good works are bad. Because we preach it. It's not by works, Brad Tony. It's salvation. It's grace through faith alone. Amen. I love that song through Grace alone, through faith alone, through God alone, be the glory. Amen. They're probably singing it out there right now. We should sing it out here, man. I gotta learn those words again. Those are, that's a good song. But good works are good. But we need to do more of them. Look at Titus two eleven says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, and by the way, to all men. Didn't say a specific time. It just said to all men. Let me not chase that rabbit right now. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope. Somebody ought to make a flag out of that. And the glorious praying of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself uh, for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purifying himself of peculiar people, zealous of good works. As Christians, Bible-believing Christians, we ought to be fervently wanting to do good works. That's lacking as a whole. i got to say in our church, I'm encouraged by the people that are wanting to do something. I'm serious. I'm serious. We got this idea that doing good works, I'm speaking generically, the idea that doing good works is like... um, giving money to a charity, being present at a church service, preaching, teaching a Sunday school class, like those are good works. And they are. Absolutely. Those are all great things. Like, also, is cutting the grass for your neighbor, uh, watching a dog, uh, showing somebody kindness, um, um, doing something for somebody else, seeing a need that needs to be done even outside of our church building, outside of our, but just doing good works in general to mankind. Those are all good things to do. In our Baptist circle, we don't preach against it, but we preach against good works for salvation. Therefore, oftentimes good works gets put in this category of bad, not good. Y'all, we should be doing good works. We should be doing all kinds of good works more than anybody else. COVID and this this selfish mentality put together, all of a sudden we're like, oh, somebody else can do good works. Somebody else can do something for somebody else. I got I to gotta stay to myself. I'm not going to do nothing for nobody else. I'll go to church. I'll do the bare minimum or whatever. It cultivates that. 
Amen. Doing good works isn't just seeing a need that needs to be done. It's not just being faithful, but good works, you know what? Yeah, it's teaching our children the Word of God and teaching our children biblical principles as opposed to just watching Barney, the Wiggles, and Shrek all day long. But doing good works is teaching our children character, what's right and wrong, how to have manners. That's good works. Those are good things. Those are good godly things that point and worship our Heavenly Father. Good works isn't just... In the church house. Amen. There's only one of you. There's only one of you that can raise your children right. There's only one of you can that, that can make the decision to look outside of our own bubble and say, hey, there's some works that I can do that I can be a part of. I think that, there's the, that more often than not, it's the other way around. We walk around thinking, what can people do for me? And I'm not exaggerating. That's the mentality of society today. But there's only one of you that can go to work and be a witness to the people around you. There's only one of you that can be faithful. There's only one of me that can be faithful. Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. You say, Pastor Gunther... You're talking about the archangels and the rapture and, and you're, you're flirting with tribulation time and, and, and you're reading these verses that are provocative to, our, to intriguing our brains. And, and what, what are you, how are you going to wrap up Michael the archangel with, with good works and shining bright as the stars? Well, here we go. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And whom the God, small g, G-O-D, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the gospel, look at the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There's only one of you. You can't shine somebody else's light. There's only one of you. You only get one light. Period. You only got one testimony to shine. That's it. You've only got one life to live and we all know it's only like a vapor. Go to Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Let's bring this message together. Amen. We'll turn a couple more times, then we'll close. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Hey, it's okay to do good works. It's okay if people see them. It's okay. It glorifies God. Go to Matthew 13, 43. Matthew 13, 43. Matthew chapter 5 was speaking in present tense to the disciples, but of course has a timeless principle to it. 
The context here of Matthew chapter 13 is for a future time. Look at it for yourself on your own time, but talking about future time, Jesus says, he says, then shall the righteous, who's the righteous he's talking about? Those who are born again. Those who were made wise unto salvation. Amen. Then shall the righteous, righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let them hear. There's going to be a time after Michael stands up and shouts, after the rapture, that we're going to be in heaven shining as stars. Amen. In our heavenly father's kingdom. Shining like the sun. You're in Matthew. Look at Matthew 5.14. Matthew 5.19. I'm sorry. Matthew 5.19. Let me say this while you're turning. Our light shines on earth. That's a symptom of our testimony. Our testimony is a direct relation to how much our light shines. And I get it. The darker the world, the, the brighter our light shines. I get it. But man, our light could shine so much greater if we would reflect from the sun. Amen. Our impact on this world is directly connected to our testimony. And here's the thing. We all have a unique testimony. Every one of us. Jessica has a testimony that no one else can give because it's unique to her. We also all have a a unique shine to our testimony. We all have a unique uh, glory that we can give to God through our testimony, through our good works. We all have different uh, testimonies. We have different good works that we've done. We all have different crowns that we can lay at Jesus' feet to worship him. We all have a unique testimony. We all have a unique shine. Amen. Our testimony is like a mirror. The closer we are to the Lord the more we're going to shine because we're going to be a reflection of him. I hope we can grasp that. You say, well, I study the word of God 12 hours a day. I fast six days of the week. I'm better than all the other Pharisees. Yeah, but here's the deal. You ain't going to be shining so much if you ain't being a doer and you're just a hearer only. You're not going to be shining if you're just collecting all these things. Great, you're a faithful church member. But if you're just sitting there learning nothing, you're not doing any shining. you got to be a doer and not here only. Then all of a sudden, man, God's going to be reflecting off you, and that's going to be wonderful, and your testimony is going to actually have an impact as opposed to being just a pew sitter. We all have a unique glory to present the Lord. And that depends directly on how much we reflect his brightness. I don't know if I put them. Go to Matthew 5, 19. Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called Great in the kingdom of heaven. That is language for not being on the same exact level in heaven. 
while we think on that thought for a moment, turn to Revelation 21. Revelation 21. That would be our last scripture this morning. Jesus clearly said, some will be called least in the, heaven, in the kingdom of heaven, some will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Did you know that in our universe, just from what little that we've learned about it, each and every star is unique. And we, I've been trying to study science lately in the Bible. It kind of came out in the messages last week, amen. Like, what was it? One to 400 billion stars in our solar system, I think. And that's their greatest guess, which is um, equivalent to around the same numbers of grains of sand on every beach in the world, right? That's their guess of how many stars there are. And they're like, what was it, like 18,000 miles apart from each other? It's just some vast numbers of how many stars there are just in our solar system and, and literally, literally innumerable to us in the universe. We can't even fathom that. It's amazing. Each and every one of those stars are different in size, in heat, in light. Every one of them are different. Scripture clearly tells us that we're going to shine like the stars in heaven. Did you know that the stars in the universe, they do produce their own light? Very little. And compared to what the light they reflect from the sun. We see the stars in the sky because of the reflection from the sun. What good works we do really like filthy rags we do very little do we do good work sure but it's like 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 very little in comparison to to when under the blood in and and under the name of jesus christ through the shed blood amen man if we're doing things right and we're doing good works in his name we're going to be reflecting the sun s-o-n amen not s-u-n Number one, there's only one Michael, the archangel. Number two, there's only one you. Number three, there's only one lamb. You know, to be born again, that that grants us eternity with Christ. Amen. And depending on how much we live for him, I believe determines on how much light we're going to shine, how much glory we're going to have to shine, how much we're going to have the opportunity to reflect back at the lamb in heaven. Amen. Number three, there's only one lamb. Revelation chapter 21, verse 23. The the context here is New Jerusalem. There's no question. And and, and it says, uh, and the city, this John, it's telling what he saw. He says, and the city had no need of the sun, S-U-N, and neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamb is the light thereof. More than we can even fathom, everything of creation points to a creator. The, the universe, literally, the shines reflecting, uh, the, 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 the stars and the moon are getting their light, or shining a reflection from the sun. That's how they shine. They're all reflecting from the sun. Amen. In heaven, in New Jerusalem, there's no need of the sun. The lamb is the light. 
You say, well, what's the source of light in heaven? The Lamb. Who's the Lamb? Jesus Christ, verse 23 says. Look at verse 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And you say, whoa, 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 whoa. Who's the kings of the earth? Who's the kings of the earth? Look at verse 25. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for therein shall be no night there. So there's no night in New Jerusalem. Who are these kings of the earth that are bringing their glory and honor into New Jerusalem? Go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Revelation 1, verse 5. If we, if we study to show ourselves approved, we just might learn some of these things. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the princes of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So now Jesus is the prince of these kings on the earth. How is that possible? Except the next verse makes it crystal clear. Verse 6. And hath made us Kings and priests and the God and his Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 21, 24. said the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. I think that the only shining we're going to be doing in heaven will be reflecting from the sun. I think that the more good works that we do here, the more that we do for our Heavenly Father here will offer us the opportunity to reflect through Him like a mirror and will shine brighter. Amen. Jesus said that there's levels in heaven. Mark, Michael, the archangel, he's going to stand. He's going to shout at the rapture. And we who are born again, we're going to light up heaven with the glory of our brightness, which is in pale in comparison to the sun, S-O-N, Amen. The brightness of the, the Lamb. Because if it wasn't for the brightness of the sun, we'd have no brightness at all. Amen. Amen. Begs the question, how much glory are we going to have to shine? How many crowns are we going to have to lay at Jesus' feet for eternity? This is our time now to live for the Lord. We don't find a whole lot of good works messages in our circles, but it's biblical. It's biblical. Be good if we quit testing the waters of good works, tapping our toe in here and there. Let's just dive in completely. You know, let's be sold out for the Lord. Let, let's not make a point like, like children to their parents. Let's, let's not do the bare minimum that we have to do in the house because we're asked to do it. But let's step up and say, you know what? I'm going to clean my room because I wasn't even asked. You know what? I'm going to clean my room. I'm going to help cook dinner too. I'm going to take the trash out. I'm going to wash the dog. Amen. We ought to be doing that as Christians. Not doing bare minimum, but saying, Lord, I want to do good works for you because... You are worth it. I, I want glory to shine in heaven. I want to I reflect you here on earth. I want to reflect you in heaven. Amen. We need to be looking for opportunity for good works. Looking for new ways to give God the glory. We, we put good works in a box. We put what we're going to do for the Lord in a box. And we say, I'm not going to do any more than that. Oh, we're going to revive a meeting? I won't be there for that. I only come on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, we're going to uh, do the missionary John and Romans thing? Nope, it's not on a Sunday. I only serve God at church time. 
we get home from work and we're going to watch some shows we shouldn't watch. We're going to treat our family like, we sh- like we're not unchristian-like. Because we're only going to do good works during church time under church guidelines. No, no. We need to be good, doing good works at church. Doing good works in the home. Doing good works with our, towards our spouse. Prayer is the theme this year. It'd be good if every one of us would pray, Lord, open my eyes, open my heart. Show me opportunities for good works that I could grow in you. Say, how do I do more for the Lord this year? By being a doer and not a hearer only. There's only one rapture. There's only one you. There's only one lamb. Jesus Christ. Let's... Let's step out of our comfort zone and do something for the cause of Christ this year. This month, this week, today. Everyone says, I'll start a diet January 1st. Well, when it passes, well, January 1st, I'll start. That's not how it works. You got to make that decision right now to do it or not do it. We need to step out as Christians, the cause of Christ. Let's close. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that you'd bless it. Thank you, Lord, for what we can glean from it, Lord. Help us, Lord, to shine. Help us, Lord, to...